This is Views in Paradox. Classics. Welcome, any and all, to VIP Classics, the Views in Paradox Film Club spinoff show in which three, uh, dare I say, intrepid filmmakers boldly go into the past of film. Uh, that was a weird uh, set of <laughs> set of things. No, I'm your I like host, it. John Olson. Uh, I'm joined, uh, as always, for this series by Daniel Gibson. Welcome. Hello, hello. And Jose Venutolo. Hello, hello. <laughs> um, so this week we watched Seven Samurai, Akira Kurosawa's seminal classic. Uh, clocking in at a breezy three hours and 27 minutes. Uh, <laughs> this film took, uh, what is that? Hold on, let me pull up my, my facts page. I'm so professional just doing this on the fly. You are um, super professional. So, yeah, this movie is crazy in terms of its production. Uh, so it took, uh, it was filmed over the course of a year and it took, I think around 130 plus shooting days, uh, shot over the course of a year. So they did it in, uh, significantly, uh, less shooting days than Metropolis, but about <laughs> the same amount Most of time. Most do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, Metropolis might have the record of just shooting days. Like even a movie like Boyhood shot over 15 years or whatever probably has less shooting days than that right 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 you're talking about shooting yeah. days specifically. yeah exactly yeah. like how many days no time in production consecutive yeah. too uh but anyway we're here uh to talk about some samurai this was actually shot um a couple of years before our last film seven seal so this one was shot uh in 1954 or i'm sorry released in 1954 so probably shot kind of over 53 and 54 because it came out later that year. Um, yeah, this was uh, an undertaking. It is a film that I myself didn't watch for a very long time just because who has three and a half hours, uh, you know. <laughs> of reading subtitles. Of reading subtitles. Uh, it's a very visual film, though, I feel like. It is. You can, you can get a lot, you know, out of a little. But, but yeah, it is that. Um, but I felt like, even given its age, uh, it's a good watch. You know, uh, you can see a lot of modern uh, techniques being used, perhaps for the first time in this film, uh, or at least in their nascent stages. Um, we, uh, I'll give a quick recap at the top, and then we'll get, we'll just kind of get into it. So the film, uh, which I was really impressed how quickly it gets the inciting incident. It's like immediate. Uh, there's a group of bandits, they're going to raid a town, and they say, nah, let's wait for the harvest, or else there won't be enough to steal from. And one of the villagers overhears this, uh, they freak out, and they decide on a plan to hire some samurai to help protect them. Uh, they manage to do this, the samurai uh, kind of train the villagers and help prepare the city for... Uh, the attack when the planting comes and then the planting happens and the movie is kind of blocked out pretty evenly 
I'd say the first third of the movie is like getting our samurai. The second third is like prep for the attack. And the last third is the attack. What are your guys' kind of initial thoughts? I know this was a first watch for both of you. For me, it was a second. Um, so, uh, uh, Jose, let's start with you today. What did you think of this film? Because you, you selected this film for our list. So we'll start with you. I selected this film for my for a list because um, it's being it's being on my on my to watch list for a while, and I go like if if it's now if it's not now, then you know when am I gonna just dedicate three hours and I have to see it, and then I have an intention I get to talk about it. Um, I've seen other Kurosawa films. Um, I like I like his style, but I was very curious about this because this is kind of a, a cornerstone. You know, like like yeah. people talk about this film when they talk about Kurosawa uh, before they took probably about any other film that he has done with probably the section of Ran, which I've seen also like a, a, a long time ago. Uh, I, 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 I keep having this consistency, which I'm glad of being having because it wasn't like that a couple of years ago that I'm, I'm watching these films, expecting them to be difficult to watch and then finding that they are easier to watch than I, than I expected them to be, even with the land. Yeah, yeah same, um, same. It's a, it's a matter of being used to modern narrative, which this film has a little more than perhaps Nosferatu or Metropolis. Uh, it does film very similar, actually, in style, in the style of narrative than um, that The Seven Seal was. And I feel that there was already like the tendency through, through, the, through time, like in the 50s, to shoot in a specific, in a specific way. Um, I find the film mostly, most, the, the thing that I find most interesting in the film is the depiction of a specific time and the depiction of the uh, of a culture that feels foreign to me and then but then I, I i find myself constantly as i was watching this film like what is if a japanese person who was born and raised in japan whatever time or maybe even in those times is this less of a cultural impact than it was for me you know there are practices or things that have been said and shown in the film that that they feel very foreign and new to me and then one of my questions was like how if i was watching a venezuelan film made in the 50s you know like will i be like oh yeah i know this i know that opposite to oh this is new for me because you know we're talking i think it would also 15, depend on the, the historical because this is also a period piece right, right. so there Correct. is that that so, historical element so I was curious. I was curious about that, and then that's that's the the biggest part of uh, the biggest impression that it that it gave me was uh, was that was like that narrative and a couple of other aspects that I want to say for later. But that's what I have to say about my experience. Cool, Danielle. What about you? Um, I you know I had a very similar, uh, I guess, expectation going in, or like um, like I had always wanted to see it. I knew it was like supposed to be this like visual masterpiece which it was um and i was really eager to see it i don't know what i was expecting story-wise but um when i got into it i was surprised at how evenly told evenly spread out the story is because i felt like like i didn't feel like there was any wasted space i felt like everything had its purpose and everything um like it was a very um much more structured narrative than the other films that we watched and more structured than I thought it would be. But um, it also gives it breathing room. So it didn't feel formulaic. It felt very, it felt like a classic. It felt like a Western, which um, I think a lot of uh, 
films like this like take from the western yeah there's a um, lot of symbiosis and cross-pollination when it comes to samurai films and westerns they are literally cut from the same cloth or figuratively cut from the same cloth in that like kurosawa was inspired by westerns and then you know like john ford was inspired by kurosawa so it just kind of went back and forth a lot Oh, like Joe mentioned something that made me just like I had this thought and I wanted to I wanted to like it's interesting because uh, as you say, like Kurosawa was, was inspired by by uh, by Westerns. And you do see that maybe not thematically is a Western. It's like outside of civilization and then into the wild where there's, there's still like bandits. Yeah, they pick a period where it is the, like the Wild West, right? Yes, the lawless correct. time, the warring so states the, so period. So it's. it's like in the bottom line, the, the basis of it is very similar. But then again, what you said um, made me think like what what because you see the cultural difference. I mean, we so far we've seen German films, uh, Swedish film and now a Japanese film. And then there is there are aspects that are similar. There are others that are not. Um, but then a lot of the things have to do with the culture. So how would have like I wonder like who would have been Kurosawa if if he had to shoot a film, but he's not pulling from any other foreign versions of narrative you know like it's something that is, something happens is, is in a, a vacuum is, a, is kind of how i would respond right? to that is that you know like kurosawa's favorite author was dostoevsky crying out loud yes but it's it feels it feels almost like like you have these you have these artists all around the world and then they have somebody who they admire they like and then they draw a lot from from it and then especially japan um, who used to be a, such an isolationist country and then protective of his culture, protective of his land, protective of a lot of things. And then that, to the point that the, the, the American military had to force them to open the borders and then do trade, um, which a lot of people do not know this. And they, how that transformation, that, that, that getting from the world became, a, uh, you know, influence of the, the, work, the work of art. I mean, because the culture is... America and Japan have a lot of history like yeah going yes. back to like you said in what it whatever it was the 17th century when we no uh, 18th century when we first kind of landed there um right and we're then like forced them to open up uh but yeah. also kurosawa was a director before during and after world war ii you know right. like he uh and there's uh, I was, when i was doing the the research after this there's a film of his um ikiru i think it is that was um it was written because he was having problems with the japanese censorship and so he attempted mm -hmm. to uh write a film that would uh appease japanese censorship at the time and it was right when like it was kind of on that borderline of when japan surrendered to america and then american censors came in um and they they shut down the film because they deemed it seems too imperialist, but the Japanese censors also probably like didn't like it because they felt like it was too uh, capitalist or yeah, they considered Americans imperials, but, um, but yeah, basically no, none of the censors on either side, they all thought it was like propagating the opposite <laughs> the agenda. Oh, wow. And like, it was just at a time where like, ah oh, man, art, Art and war don't don't always go well together at wartime. No, but it's yeah. Now it's, I feel like I need to watch that. I know. Uh, it, it eventually came out much later, and 
uh, he kind of like him, like himself and critics kind of didn't like the film. So it might be an interesting one. Mm-hmm. I think I, I think I have the title right. If I'm if I'm wrong and you're watching, you know that I'm wrong. You didn't... Don't, don't at me. Wait, so you said that um, uh, Kurosawa didn't end up liking it? Yeah, he didn't even. Or... Not, even he didn't care for it that much. That's, yeah. that's so interesting. Like, I feel like that's a interesting topic to like watch films that the filmmakers ended up hating. Like, <laughs> that would be right. We could try to figure out. Yeah, why. we're kind of doing the opposite right. right now, where we're watching films that are like favorites. Like, this was Toshiro Mifune, uh, one of the stars of this film who did 16 films with Akira Kurosawa uh, has cited this one as his favorite um, and his favorite to work on because he said he was kind of more free to be himself. Wow, that's a statement considering his character. Yeah, considering how kind of he's <laughs> like the seventh samurai and he's so loud and kind of crazy and manic. Uh, and apparently he did like the method thing. He like was always in character on set. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so... And, but also, I think in like outside of set, the 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 sense that I got was that the the funny aspect of his character, like the very showman act, was kind of what he was uh, portraying a lot. You know, like how he is with the children, for example, where he's always joking around and kind of trying to be yeah. trying to be loved. Uh, yeah, that the characters. There's so many characters. And they're they're all so well fleshed out, um, and apparently Kurosawa even wrote uh, biographies and family trees for all of the villagers. There were 101 villagers, and they all had backstories, so that he gave to the actors. Um, of the samurai, the it was originally going to be six samurai, not seven, mm. uh, and mm. the the six samurai were all based on historical samurai, and then mm. they wound up adding. Uh, and, uh, and Shurimafuni was originally going to play, uh, the character of, uh, I, the, the like really stoic one. Um, oh, the where, best one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kyozo, who's based on a very famous Kyozo. samurai, uh, like the, like one of the most notoriously famous and honorable samurai. Uh, so originally Shurimafuni was going to play that character and then they came up with this, seventh character who was a former farmer who like i think became sort of the thought the crux of the film right he kind of becomes the heart of the narrative in a lot of ways uh so he was kind of the last edition and the only one not based on a historical figure and then they wound up getting that to uh Mifune. uh so being that this movie is so long uh I'm trying to think of the best way to kind of break it down. Uh, I did want to respond to something that you mentioned in terms of pacing. Uh, Cause I agreed with you. I felt like for the most part, as I was watching it, like every scene feels necessary. Like every scene feels like it's adding something specific and valuable to the plot and to the context of the themes. Uh, the only exception I have to that is uh, I feel like near the end, once the, the bandits start raiding i feel like we have a lot of little raids where like one or two get picked off like we spend a close to an hour reducing the number of the bandits by about a third based on the circles that he's sort of painting uh so we kill about a third of them which ultimately leads us to the final battle 
um, mm-hmm. which happens pretty quick. I mean, there's a lot. It's it's fairly long, but uh, you know, in terms of the length of the film, it's only probably about ten fifteen minutes. Um, so I felt like that was the one area where kind of on reflection that I feel like the movie could have been cut down. It's like when they're like, you know, we'll let in one at a time. And so like they, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the bandits are coming in, they let in a horse, everybody like chases down the horse and kills the one guy in the village. And they do that like three or four times. Like, and we get to yeah. and we watch it happen every single time. And I kind of, after a while, I was like, do we, do we need all of those? <laughs> Was kind of my, my sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. Um, part of me, I liked it, but I also admit it could have been like maybe one or two times less, but I feel like it created this false sense of security that like no one was going to die. There were going to be no casualties. Like it would just be this easy the whole time. And um, and I totally forgot how many bandits there actually were. So when they kept like picking off one or two and then there were still so many more to get, I was like, oh God, they, they're still. Yeah. There's something close to 40 of them. And so it's like, that's, it's a fair number of people, you know, and well armed with a lot of horses and three guns. So, you know, <laughs> it is a lot and it does add a sense of, uh, I think realism to the battle that a lot of films don't capture, right? Uh, a lot of films go for sensation, for for sensationalism, mm. over realistic, mm. and this feels more like what it would have been like. You know, they're holding out for a while; they're slowly picking them off. It's kind of a siege uh, that they're going through. It's a small scale siege, so in that sense, there is a, a bit of realism, but I. I, I just was thinking that, like, if the movie could be cut down anywhere, like, that's where I would have done it. Uh, yeah, for sure. I was surprised that, um, I think I wrote down, like, at different points, like, it's like you, you explained it very well. Like, a third of the movie is them trying to get the samurais, and then a third of it is, you know, them training. And, like, every time the plot shifted, I realized I was like, wow, that was about an hour and, and some change. And I was surprised that the end was just as much. But, like, I guess when I think about it, it makes it a better payoff because it's like it would be kind of a letdown if we have these like two hours of a movie and then we have like a 20 minute battle. It, it would feel, I mean, I mean, it could still. Yeah. Does it need to be an hour? I don't know. But um, I felt satisfied. I felt satisfied until the very, very end um, is what I'll say. I, I, I guess yeah, until we, we get we to can, that point. We can come to that in a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's so much there's so much drama without that has nothing to do with the raid. Right. There's so much. And it's mm-hmm. almost all about class and the structure of society. Like this is definitely, um, I, I would say, uh, a criticism of of the, the way that class is divided, like in general. Because I don't think he lets off any. Nobody gets off easy, right? Like the farmers mm-hmm. are often made out to be just like assholes. They're whiny, like they, you know, they seem more helpless than they should than they should be like there's just a lot of ways in which they're portrayed but then you know we go to the town and like everyone the farmers meet is an asshole right and at everyone's first, mean to them everyone's mean to them there's like those guys in the inn 
I was just like, these are some next level a-holes that are just like, you know, <laughs> just, just why? <laughs> For what reason? Yeah. It, it, you're taking, you're literally using more effort to be yeah. just mean. <laughs> but, yeah. but at the same time, I made a note that, um, so when they go to the town, the, like four of the villagers go to the town to try and get some samurai and they, they find a candidate fairly quickly and he's, he's not, he doesn't immediately agree to them. And really what pushes him over the top is the asshole in the inn who's like insulting the crap out of the farmers and like seeing the way that they're treated, he decides to join them. So like, they're kind of responsible for, for getting, <laughs> for getting the, the farmers any help at all. Right in an ironic sort of fashion. It's so interesting because like in general, when I think of farmers, I think farmer, like at least nowadays, especially I would imagine they would have to be more tough than, uh, than, you know, modern farmers who have tools. But I feel like to be a farmer, you have to just be able to like do anything. Like you gotta be able to like, I don't know, just kill a chicken like, or like kill, like kill things. I don't, I couldn't do that. I would not be able to do anything that farmers do, but then like you see the depiction in this film and they're like very, um, just put upon and people, you know, disrespect them. But then also they have their secrets where they have their own stash. So it's, but it's also like, like that's where all the, the food things comes that people... from and nobody, yeah. you know, we can't live without right. the food. And yet they're so disrespected. Yeah. Uh, and, and the samurai, we, we do immediately see kind of asshole warriors in the town. Yeah. But we get the, the samurai that agree. I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. And we can come back. But like we get yeah. kind of the, the group of seven that joins us are like, you know, noble and, and good. But we even do see sort of the crack in their armor and like the asshole side of them throughout the film like you know no nobody gets off uh in this film you know it's kind of, it's kind of a it's a weird film that way in which i sometimes was like who do you want me to root for kurosawa <laughs> like do you want me to <laughs> hate everybody like everybody's always screaming at each other <laughs> um, there was a lot yeah. of just like yelling in the film i wrote at one point i was just like why is everybody screaming at each other they get so worked yeah. up so quickly um screaming and a lot of crying and like like sense of helplessness like oh my gosh we're so sad we're so like we can't protect ourselves which i mean they were older so i can't take that away from them and i wouldn't be able to defend myself i'm gonna be real um but i was i was like wow they're just really depressed like it was, it was, it was yeah. sad. Uh, before I kind of learned his name, the character Yohei, I just was like referring to as cry guy because he's always got <laughs> yes. this look on his face of just like abject wow. sadness, yeah. uh, like throughout the entire film. Um, I was like, what has your life been yeah. like? <laughs> but the way that, that Yohei goes out, like it's, <sighs> he goes out with honor, <laughs> you know? Like, I was defending my post. He was defending his post, man. Uh, um, so uh, let's back up a little bit to the finding of the samurai. Because um, we we get, uh, this is something that we kind of brought up 
uh, before we started rolling that I wanted to touch on, and it was uh, about Hambe, our 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 lead in this film, really, uh, the one who gathers all of the other samurai for the farmers. He's the first one they find, and you know we meet him in a really I think brilliant kind of display of character. Um, and I was when I was kind of researching, it's one of the first instances of this kind of a depiction of hero. So like Seven Samurai is notable in its popularization of a number of tropes. One of them is the gathering of heroes. Uh, it's weird to think that that like there was a film that marked the beginning of that, <laughs> but like it's this film. Um, so like the gathering of heroes and the introduction of heroes doing uh, an unrelated service to demonstrate who they are. Uh, so this is one of the first cases of that on film. And we see uh, Hambe volunteers at, at no cost to himself uh, to uh, help a kidnap, save a kidnapped child. There's a thief who has kidnapped a small child and is like holed up and the entire town doesn't know what to do. And he, he just volunteers. He says, give me a couple of balls of rice and some monk's robes. And we see him cut off his hair. Everybody's like freaking out. Uh, and this is a cultural thing that like the samurai top knot uh, is a symbol of honor. It like represents your honor and to lose it is kind of to, to discard honor, which is to the samurai, the most important thing, right? But we see Hambe just immediately willing to kind of do anything to help, right? He's clever. We see him like going in disguise. He uses the rice as a lure and he cuts off his top. Now he's like willing to kind of sacrifice that symbol of honor. He's willing to do something clever. It's a really kind of amazing introduction. And I just found myself like kind of in awe at the way that the film uh, introduces him and like just kind of makes you love him. He's such an anchor throughout the film. In terms of thoughts, uh, do you guys have thoughts or kind of notes on the recruiting element? So like in the first third of the film, Jose? Um, well, I, I have a couple of notes on, on things that I noticed, but it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily about the way that they were rec recruited. Um, and I, I don't know, like it now it's resonating a little more with uh, after you said that it's one, if not the first film that has the gathering of heroes. Um, I mean, some of them got a bigger story than others. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but you but you do see it's interesting because I like the the idea of a samurai has been already overused in different medias. And then, I mean, the media that I've, I've consumed the most about samurai is anime. And then anime have, have a tendency to either exaggerate or, or 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 bring a specific aspect of them, but there is a mysticism around them. And then the idea of honor, it's, uh, it's interesting because it is a word that seems to mean the same for everybody. But then when you, once you see how people use it, then, then it becomes something different. Because you would yeah, think honor that samurai, is an incredibly flexible word, actually. <laughs> You would think that a samurai would jump at the occasion of defending a village and then you found 
that that most of them the their concept of honor was tied to privilege and and elitism and it was not necessarily that and then so it's, it's refreshing yeah. uh there's even a samurai who rips them Jesus. off right away right Res. yes like, who just and like then, takes and, their and shit he's, of, he's offended i mean he's offended by the fact that they even address him um, you know, like there was that 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 cut that cutthroat in that sense, and then you see this guy who, as you said, like you you if you don't know the culture, you see by the faces of people that what is he doing? Is he really shaving his head? Is he because the thing that they're thinking is like now he's gonna look like one of us? Now he's he's uh, with the exception of the sword that if he carries it but he doesn't carry the ponytail he can get in trouble with the law. It's like you are not a samurai. So this guy, like as you say, like it's it's a feat of wonder that he says like it's a, it's an act of kindness that already sets him up to that. But there's also the connotation that you see that most of the people that they found were older, mm-hmm. were men were men that were not able to be in battle that were like were tired yeah. of battle that were experienced that yeah. when when they talk to the young they kind of like foretold them like like tell them like there will be a day in which this will also be all for you and then you will want to do something else and then it seems that after the prelude that they give you at the beginning it seems that these men fought their entire life for an ideal that was taken away from them and now it was mm. kind of like it's very similar yeah. to to the journey if you think about it to the journey that we saw in the seventh seal where you're you when you are looking before you die or if hopefully that you will die doing something that is more truthful than the rest of what you dedicated your life and i think that that's that's key on these characters yeah and hambe mm. talks about like being unlucky and they're like just serving on the losing side you know he's lucky enough to have lived but like you know and then later he talks about the dreams that you have as a samurai of winning honor and creating your own noble house and then you look back and you wonder what the hell happened like he's so world weary but he's still for some reason like willing to like be good to people you know he is kind of a selfless character in that sense yeah i was i was the end made me wonder more about what his intentions are but i think his intentions are still true um it just makes i feel like his reaction to have been what it was to be like oh well i feel like we weren't we didn't we we weren't victorious after all was even more tragic um especially with that closing image i thought it was such a powerful one um but, yeah, it's such a bittersweet yeah, I, ending to this film, right? Oh, they saved so, the village, but but at what cost? But like at what cost? <laughs> yeah, and and yeah, it it made me think a lot about like the character arcs of each of the samurai, or like because not everybody has that much of one. Like um, the very stoic one. I'm I'm terrible with names. It's it's a it's with every film that I watch, I feel really bad, but. The uh, the stoic one, he's already pretty, like he proves himself as soon as we see him. Um, like we see these two men who are fighting and, um, you know, they're fighting with like bamboo swords, I assume. And they, it seems like there's a draw, but one's more boisterous than than the other. And he's like, no, I would have, like, I would have won. What are you talking about? And the guy's like, no, you'd be dead if this was steel. Like, there's no, there's no question. And like, at first I couldn't really tell. I was like, 
I felt like he was more down to earth and noble and um, like reasonable, but um, I was still like, okay, like I wonder how this is gonna go. And he's like, okay, fine. You you want to throw your life away? Cool. And he kills him in the end. Um, and it's like, oh, okay, cool. And we he, get that classic, then, like he strikes and there's a pause, and then he falls yeah. over, and it's in slow motion because he too. realizes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he realizes what's happens, and um, yeah. So. It's funny because like throughout the film, that's who his character is. He's just inherently a badass and he doesn't even make anything of it. He doesn't show anything of it. There's no real growth. But And we get the young his... samurai who like falls in love with him because he's like, Basically, he's the most badass guy I've ever seen. And he's humble. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like when he goes into the woods to like get a rifle, he just like off by himself. And then he just like comes back the next morning. And he's like. All right, two down, and here's the gun. <laughs> it's just so... There's no hesitation. He was like, oh, I'll just go get it. You're going to die if you go. Like, So to go back on what you said a little bit earlier, how the, the, the guy that he was dueling kind of died in slow motion, this kind of takes it on a different subject, but I was wondering if they sped up some of uh, the shots because, Definitely. I mean, it felt like there was still... It was blocked to be very, like, quick and, like... Um, like very quick moment movements and everything, but it was still like, yeah, they definitely I, I was did like, some, they definitely did some ramping uh, throughout the film. I noticed it particularly in the last battle, like there's scenes where like Tashira Mifune is running and he's clearly being sped up. Like, yeah, you know, it's yeah. like Kurosawa watched and he just went, it's too slow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Most of the action was sped up. Like if you yeah. notice every time every time that, that it, something involves a crowd, every time that something involves a wide shot, then uh, and then there is too many moving parts, then then you do notice that they probably speed it up for a, by a half. Like instead, like maybe maybe instead of projecting a twenty four, they were projecting a thirty six. You know, like one and a half uh, times. So it doesn't really look like it takes a moment, but they do it. They do it in a lot of in in a lot of shots. I notice that technically also in the in the technical aspect of the film. Um, I want to mention something about like the samurai, which again, as Daniel, like I can't remember for the life of myself the names of any of these people. It's tough. Um, and then sometimes, like the introduction of so many characters, like 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 the drunken guys. Or, or There's the, a lot or of the them, and you get their names the, like once or twice. Like, uh, yeah. And they pronounce them differently then than you, you see them. them written on the screen, Absolutely. and then, so that's even more confusing. Um, but there is there is something that I did notice when they meet this guy, like the badass guy, the guy that that if you have to take him uh, into into a more modern concept, it will be like. Uh, he would be like the guy with the skills of like Samurai X, you know, like that's that's my version of what's what the, the how now samurais, right? Um, and the feats that he does. Yeah, he's but, the quintessential, um, like, right, right. He's like, like the, badass the badass samurai. with a sword, yeah. exactly. That the guy that, and then, and then, in, honestly, like I've seen that depiction in anime of like striking and then freeze frame and then slow motion of one of them guy goes, and then the other person doesn't even look. They are so sure. That fight of is what probably the very first it. instance of that because this is Kurosawa's first samurai right. film. Yeah, 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 yeah. This it has to be. It has to be the thing that started it. But the thing that, and I made a note about this. The thing that made the thing that that uh, like got my attention during that fight is pro is is also like my my longest note, because if you see it cuts to it cuts to the to the altercation between these two these two guys, and then it immediately when when they go 
into like real sword fighting, you know, um, then you immediately see the differences. Like Tsukurosawa makes a point about showing you how they get ready for it. Yeah, the different stances, right? You, the moment that you see the stance and the moment that you see the way that they that they unsheat their sword, you know that that's kind of like the revelation of my technique. You you know that the other person is looking at it, and then you see this stoic guy like keeping his calm, and the other and the other one seems to be in a rush to start things. And then when they cut back to the samurai, like the 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 leader samurai, yeah, and then watching. the guy, and then the guy who who you know the the younger samurai, the, the guy that who is aspiring to be a samurai they are fixated on completely different characters like the older guy is he looks he's watching yeah he looks at them both but he, he focuses looks, on the on the calm he focuses on the on, and then you see the face of the kid and the kid is like dazzled by the arrogance of the other guy and then he looks at the uh at the yeah, and Hame, Hame is the uh, lead samurai he looks at Hame and then he sees like, oh, you're not looking at this guy. You're looking at the other guy. And then that's when he noticed the other guy. And it's kind of he learning like this man has a better chance to be able to know who these two men are better. And then I should pay attention to what he's looking at. And I just don't know why that resonated with me. No, like, I noticed that same thing. Like, it's a oh, great moment. I'm paying attention to the wrong. I, I, Exactly. I'm paying attention at the wrong thing. This is the thing. And then eventually he gets like a lesson. Like it's interesting because we kind of learn the way of the samurai through him. Yeah. Right? Well, Hame his... is constantly teaching in this film. He's teaching yes. both the young aspiring samurai, but he's also teaching uh, Tashiro Mifune's character, Kikuchi, I think. It's, it's hard because they, say, Kikuchi, it, yes, they okay. say it's so different from how it's spelled. It's like Kikuchi, mm -hmm. but they say like, you know, <laughs> like they seem like they, they cut out yeah, a lot yeah. of the consonants. Um, yes. <laughs> and uh, he's also teaching him like when he's on guard and they steal his sword and then they're like, they wake him up and they're like, you know, you just be glad it was us, not bandits. Uh, and they're teaching the villagers about like defending themselves and whatnot. Um, and he's teaching strategy to like the other samurai. Like he's clearly right the the veteran when it comes to strategy right um mm -hmm. like he does take their opinions but but then he'll like make a correction he's always kind of that that one with the superior knowledge uh, so yeah it's and i i love how they demonstrated it throughout the film um you know i think there's a fun thing in that like not all of the samurai get arcs per se but they are there to like contrast each other like they all have a night like a specific yeah. role right like i think um our stoic samurai uh, uh kuzo i believe it is um the one we were just talking about uh is such a contrast to tashiro mifune's character right they're like the opposites oh, yeah. right they are like mm -hmm. the polar spectrum of what a samurai can be they die like right after each other same time it's so interesting yeah but but then it's like uh our stoic character, he dies in such a, like, it's not his fault, but it was so dishonorable how the person killed him. He killed, he like shoots him in the back. Yeah, he gets and killed from the behind. thing is, is like, he, he wouldn't have, like, I feel like he would have given them a more honorable death. That's kind of a reach because he, 
you know, but he, he came out of nowhere. He was in hiding, uh, the enemy um, bandit, I mean. Um, but then even as he was dying, he like tries to throw his sword to like kill whoever it was. And it's just tragic. It doesn't work out. And then we have our like more manic samurai who he is like, oh no, oh fuck this. Like, I'm going to go kill him. And he gets shot like in the chest or stomach. Yeah, or I don't know. Like a, a vital wound. organ was hit. And he's still like just toughs it out and chases him down until he kills him and then it's not when until he kills him that he falls over and i'm like oh my god he takes out the bandit leader his arc yeah like if anything i didn't i thought it would be the opposite of like to happen but but i think that's also a commentary on the senselessness of battle right that like it doesn't matter if you're the best or the worst like it can still kill you you know yeah and yeah. And Hambe says that like this could be our this could be it this could be the one that kills us, and those two yeah. characters are like the only ones that survive, mm. <laughs> right? It's like them and the young right. kid, right? Is and the even ones... like seeing how he no. just starts sobbing is like oh no, it just it drove it home for me. Sorry, you, but you you think about it and it's like the ones that survive are the ones that are more in the middle of these of these. Um, archetypes, you know, like mm. you have, like as I would say, like if these men were polar opposite, they were also polar opposites within within the samurai, which to a certain degree is like the pursuit of that much honor of being like being pulled so much by honor got the the badass kill, and then and then the recklessness, and then and then the the act first, and then think later of Toshiro Mifune's character makes them ends up being killed. So it's like it's this extreme. So I found that. I, like actually, like the the last image did not so, did did not impact me as much as as like Danielle, you mentioned that it was a very powerful image. Um, what what actually impacted me of to the end was when when the when the main samurai he says once more we survive, and then you know that this is a man who does not necessarily like that you know like he's yeah. like oh so here we are again the thing that we thought that we were not going to do the thing that we kind of like almost vouch to never do and then here we are again being the survivors and then it's like it because they have to carry the ptsd you know and and they go into a situation in which there is no reward at the end their reward okay. is to be fed as they do this process like but when it, when it's over they get no extra there's no payment at the end of the mm-hmm. road. So it's literally like to die doing it is probably like the most honorable way to go out. Right. But, but then, like you said, at the end, we survive again and the victory is not ours. Like it's so, yeah. it's so rough. They are, they are, um, I think I've read, so, so and I think he said it, he's, he said, I'm a Ronin. A Ronin is like a masterless a samurai. It's basically. a masterless samurai. A master- yeah. No, but it's but it's also back. It's like it, oh no, Ruroni. It's a Ruroni, Ruroni. Like yeah. it, it it implies also that they they are they are because well, the samurai the samurai are lords or they are in service to lords, much like knights. Like it's yeah. very similar to chivalry in that regard. And so a Ronin yeah. is a hedge knight, right? It is somebody mm. who has lost their master and has no lord, mm. and is thus is thus dangerous, right? Like Ronin mm-hmm. are considered dangerous because they have weapons uh but they don't have anyone that they answer to like Mm. and when the warring states period is a time where there's a lot of that going around right and i think that's why they chose it as like you said kind of that wild wild west mentality where there were 
samurai who would guard villages for food. Uh, that's kind of like, like the movie was kind of inspired by a number of different historical sort of anecdotes that occur Kurosawa was familiar with. Um, and interestingly enough is uh, Kurosawa uh, and the character uh, who plays Hanbei are both allegedly descended from samurai. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that's wild, right? <laughs> <laughs> So like they have a they have a, tie, a very direct tie to that history, yeah, Jose. Mm -hmm. I want to mention something because I think I saw it in one of your notes, and then and then it kind of like it resonated with me, and I feel it's a it's a fast thing. But the drums at the beginning, like the whole the whole title sequence, and the drums at the beginning. I they, love the credits. That was like they, my first I, I, note. I was like, I love these credits. I love that they're they're like sideways and the drums and uh, the, the the drums are like they made me feel like I'm getting, they didn't feel ominous necessarily. They didn't feel exciting. They didn't feel like they didn't have the, the only sensation that they gave me is that something was coming is that yeah. you're getting ready for something like possibly epic, but definitely interesting. And it's kind of like that, that it's, it feels like the roar before battle. And mm. I don't know. I wanted to mention it because I think that it was, yeah, it's it was great. And I think movie. talking about the music uh, in general, I thought was great. There's some really, uh like just strong themes that like when i watched this for a second time the music really brought me back to the first time i watched it in a big way where i was like oh that's right i remember this music like it's very something very kind of iconic about it you know i made a note that the music at the cabin where they um where, where they burnt the cabin down to get all the bandits i wrote that it was very striking and uh very maybe not alive no i can't i can't remember what it was and i feel maybe that like is counterintuitive to what my point was but i i wrote that i really liked it but that whole scene was so was surreal in a way because you go and you you see them peeking in and i was like wondering their relationship to all the women who were there only because we see that the one woman who ends up being uh, one of their wives and um, yeah. I called him Kimmy for, for payoff. sure. I, I did my notes because it was like Kimmy something, something along. Yeah. And he was, he was the one who was uh, upset because someone said, well, why don't you go get you go get a wife? But, um, and no one really understood why until you see this woman and she is so afraid of him that she runs back into the burning cabin and dies. Um, but you see her and that when she sees that me. the cabin, it, got to it was so, I, that, yeah, that's like no right same. in the middle of the movie too i because i i kind of pause it to jot down some of my notes i noticed it's almost right halfway to the movie when they do the raid on the band and they camp. don't talk about what their previous relationship was no. they just leave it at that which i mean but you I kind think... of understand everything that happened like the subtext yeah. is so loud right from the moment yeah. we see her and she sees the fire and then She's she like, does nothing oh. She's just like, yeah, she, let it burn. It's like you can like, tell how bad her life is that she just is like, good. This is what I've been hoping for. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I was wondering, like, were these bandits like, I mean, probably they were probably like forcing themselves on these women and just using them and like, yeah, just it made seemed a little like this really of sorts. Yeah. And so but even for her to just leisurely walk out after everyone else had run out and they like were slaughtering the the bandit she just walks out like oh okay this is it's over like yeah. and then she like just she sees drugged, him in right? terror she just looks yeah. so out of it, was it. So... <laughs> and 
And then uh, when she sees when she sees Kimmy and just like immediately runs back into the fire, like it's so obvious, kind of oh what's my happening gosh. there that oh like she's just got she's got so much shame and it's so tragic because you know that he wouldn't have given a shit, like like he you know he's like clearly he just wants his wife back, um, and and she just can't. Yeah handle it and we can and we get a, a little bit more insight into that later with shino's story uh with the young would-be samurai and shino the, yeah. the farmer's daughter um like that further kind of demonstrates why like kimmy's wife would kill herself in this situation because you know if 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 sleeping with someone for love makes you used goods you know damaged goods as it translated than like what is being kidnapped for the bandits for a year or more. Like we don't even know how long she had to deal with that. Yeah. But we know that that they that she was taken on a previous raid of the village. And like, you yeah. know, it's just uh and that followed immediately by the death, the first samurai death of the jovial one. Right? We get we mm -hmm. get the guy who is described as being an asset in hard times is the first one to go and he had made that flag yeah. for them like that one two punch i was like tearing up at those two things like you know they were very different tragedies but and it was such, such an accident it wasn't like he was slaughtered by one of the other bandits he like just a at least shot. the way i saw it yeah. he like fell oh okay yeah, he gets shot i did first, not get that that's i was our, like did he yeah it's before we're introduced to the fact that there are muskets but I heard the gunshot and right. I wrote first in my notes, I was like, was he shot? And then they confirmed their muskets. Yeah. And I was like, okay, he got shot. Cause yeah, he just like okay. goes down. <laughs> yeah. I, for a second, I thought maybe he fell on a sword or something. Cause like, they didn't like talk about his wound or anything. They were just like, Oh, look what you did. What did you do? And but there's a gunshot. Um, so. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah. It um, was, it was unclear in the moment, but I was able to like, uh, put it together. I was like, oh, yeah, I'd forgotten about the, the muskets as a plot device. Yeah. Yeah. See, there's one thing, there's one thing that I wanted to mention. Um, it's, uh, and then, I mean, it's trying to avoid, I tried to avoid a little bit of what we did with Seventh Seal. Um, at the beginning of the movie, there is, you know, like there. You mean you want to talk the, technical elements? Technical. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So technical, there's no, a technical I think it's element. Because I do want to, I do want to talk about the technical sort of There's a technical element like they as, as you said john like the movie starts and it goes right into the inciting incident and then after that it's okay what happens after this and then i remember that the words the words that they used um like made it they, they say the thunderous the thunderous uh, roar of the hooves of the horses and mm -hmm. then you know like there's not like that many horses when you see the shot and then they sound closer than they are because this clearly this is sound design but they did made it seem like 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 you know it's like it's actually a, like a, a similar a shot sound. to the end of seventh seal with the yes with the figures on the horizon kind it, of very is, silhouette um, you know silhouetted yeah the the entirety of this movie feels the entirety of the movie feels that it was it was probably completely ADR and then and then mm -hmm. the sounds of the of the world were simplified. Yeah. They were doing things that clearly produced more sound than the sound that you will hear. But but you were just glad that there was at least a sound. And I can 
my mind, I can't avoid but imagine people in an ADR room just saying, okay, they're moving, they're, he's he's taking a stick, he's breaking the stick, and then when you... If yeah, they're you just like slapping the sounds, sticks together. See, if you, if you listen at the sounds, it feels that they're recycled. It feels that there's a lot of, of like wood stepping and things like that. And then as long as it has a sound, it's enough for us to process it, but it does feel that the, the entire world was simplified to sound to sound mm. less conf confusing, or at least that's the way that it it seemed to me. Some mm. other technical elements. This was the first film where Kurosawa ever used a multi-camera setup. Uh, he used oh. two cameras for a lot of the setups, um, and he would go on that to then sense. make that a regular practice. And near the end. Uh, or for a lot of the battle scenes, they even used uh, up to three cameras. And uh, and he also, um, would, he like edited this movie as they went. So like he would take the footage like as soon as it was developed and like work on it like at night. <laughs> um, so he was like constantly editing the film as, as they were making it. And he really liked the freedom of edit that the multi-camera setup gave him. Um, and like the sets are constructed in such a way that they are uh, not conducive to filming. They are conducive to acting. Like he, he wanted to build them as close to real as possible. Like they didn't shoot on a studio lot. They went like abroad to a place where they could actually build a mock village because he was all about actor immersion and like getting them to be in the moment. Um, and and then there's kind of an interesting thing. Like you can tell indoors that they're not breakaway walls, that the camera like doesn't have a lot of room. It's like physically in the space. And that's something that uh, for sure in American cinema was like never done during this era, right? It's like, it was all about control. It was like, if we can get more distance from the camera to get a prettier shot, that's what we're going to do. We're going to shoot in a soundstage. We're going to, and so like, Akira Kurosawa is implementing these very like interesting tactile ways of shooting that uh, are, are kind of interesting in both like what they do and what they like the limitations that they create in filmmaking. Uh, like Jose and I are New York filmmakers, so we're used to shooting in cramped spaces and like small apartments and practical all the time. There's not a lot of studio space. I mean, I've shot in studios out in Jersey and stuff, but, you know, we, we, I think I can speak for us when we say that, like, we're very familiar with that sense of, like, having to work around a cramped space. Um, well, I don't know if you have a similar experience um, or if it's, if it's different. I'm just kind of curious. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I prefer being on location. Um, that is, I feel like, yeah, no, 100% of my films. I've always chosen to be on location. Even with my uh, thesis coming up, we have access to stages. Well, actually, no, we don't because it's a long story. But um, it's just, to me, it has like an authenticity that if you, it can be hard to fake, um, especially at the student level with whoever your production designer is. But um, it is, you do give up a lot of control um, from a lot of the more commercial uh, shows that I've been on you can control everything and still make it look or feel like authentic or real. Um, so 
I don't know. I think there's, that's not to say that there's no um, benefit from shooting on location, even when you're like at the professional level that where you can control everything still or have as much control um, even when you're on location. Yeah. But yeah, what were you saying? Um, just that a lot of archers do prefer to shoot in, in physical space. Like Hitchcock was known to uh, shoot low angle shots that showcase the ceiling just to prove mm -hmm. that he wasn't in a studio because studios mm -hmm. would have sets with no ceilings. Like the walls would just go up right. forever. Um, mm -hmm. So he would like make a point to be like, I'm in a real space. Uh, and I feel like even today, this is real. <laughs> yeah. A lot of, a lot of sort of your more uh, like, you know, your David O. Russell's and uh, maybe not Fincher, but uh, like another, a number of sort of the more archery, directors do tend to shoot in physical spaces because there is just a sense that you can tell and that you're putting your yeah. actors in a real space. So, yes, yes. Especially, especially with, uh, with it, it depending on who you cast. If you have someone who's more professional who can like, you know, make it if they're a good actor. No, I'm not trying to like say who's a good actor and who's not, but like you feel more into it when you're on a location as opposed to like a sound stage where you're like faking everything and like jerry rigging the position of everything. Um but something yeah, the that less made you have to make an film... actor fake kind of the more authentic the performance is gonna be because they don't have to that's one less thing they have to worry about, right? Right. Yeah. One thing that really brought out the authenticity of this film, um and and I, I would have to go back and see what uh how the laws for this uh came to be, but like the treatment of the horses, like they weren't the fifties really... were a bad time for horses. Yeah, they were like flipping over and like just stomping around in all the mud, which I mean, you know, whatever, they're horses, but like when they I was like, Oh my god, did they hit these horses? What what happened? Because it just seemed so real there was just it, it was like nowadays uh, you can't I, yeah, do anything know. with horses because of films like this <laughs> right yeah <laughs> i was like oh no <laughs> like, because yeah like in the 50s the 50s is kind of notorious and even into the 60s is kind of notorious mm. for the shitty treatment of animals like all of the old yeah. westerns did these things where like you know the writers would do these stunt falls and the horses would but often, the horse would actually they would fall. often get injured they would break legs you know like and then you have to what do you got you you got you kill your horse you know when it can't walk like uh you know i'm sure the the glue business was really happy in this time <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, but yeah I, it's true like the the animal there was no oversight for the treatment of animals and you know that like you're watching probably a lot of horrific injuries to to the horses right. and the stunts that they have to do. Um, and on that level, that's actually kind of a fun segue into some of the behind the scenes. Cause we talked a lot on Metropolis or not a lot, but we talked on Metropolis about sort of the way people were treated. Um, and there are similar horror stories in this film uh, that reminded me of Metropolis. Um, so like the final scene uh, was supposed to be shot in the summer and because of production delays, they wound up shooting it in February in the dead of winter. Oh no. So no! Yeah, and before they shot the final battle, which was already supposed to be in the rain, it had snowed yeah. the night before. So like all the mud that they're that they're chopping that they're stomping through is like, you know, it's just barely 
uh, you know, above freezing temperature. Uh, apparently, oh, Kurosawa no. like started losing his toenails on the shoot because of the cold. Like, Toshiro uh, Mifune later talked about, he's like, I've never been so cold in my life. And like, all of the oh, actors are in like period appropriate clothing that is intended to be in the springtime. <laughs> yeah, I was like, they're like half naked, like not. Yeah. Naked, but like with the armor that's like yeah. barely. Sure, Mufuni is bare legged the entire movie. You know. Yeah. You, know, you get like... to see some nice man butt if if you're into yeah. that. Uh, he's got yeah. a nice butt. I give it to him. Um, I didn't notice that. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. My wife appreciated that that aspect. She was kind of half watching it with me. <laughs> so I was like, "Hey, look, look, butt." <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's got to be like so cold. He's got nothing. He's got no protection. Uh, another uh, horror story is so the scene where um, the the wife runs back into the burning building, right? Mm, um, yeah. And and Kimmy goes up to the building. the The fire had kind of gotten hotter than anticipated, and it collapsed the roof. Uh, at the mm -hmm. moment where he was standing in front of the doorway and the hot air actually uh, burnt his windpipe. He like burnt his <gasps> esophagus uh, during the take that's in the film, like the air, the hot air burnt him. Um, oh, wow. And uh, another one that was crazy. The last one I'll, I'll share is the actress who plays Shino. So to get a, a Kurosawa wanted uh, a glittering effect in her eyes. Like whenever we see her, her eyes sparkle. And so they put mirrors on the ground to like reflect light up. And apparently she got eye damage from overexposure. Um, really? Over the course of the shoot, she actually like damaged her eyes. So, you know, once again, these older films just sacrificing people's well-being for the sake of art. Uh, this one seems a little less, uh, I would say, callous than... Uh, the Fritz Lang examples, which feel a mm. little bit, you know, a little bit more. Yeah, I think callous is the best word. Like, I, I think Kurosawa cared a little bit more, but they just ran into a lot of these sort of unfortunate problems. And like the, the light thing, I think, is an unintended side effect. You know? Oh, absolutely. But still awful. for. It wasn't until like. Well, like in, in high school, I did a lot of theater and there was this one sh like character like that I ha she had like these three different addresses where she would like speak to the audience because she was writing a letter. And do you know, you can't see anything when the spotlight hits you. Oh, yeah. Like I didn't have the chance to like be nervous or like to feel the energy of the audience. I didn't know the audience was there. I was like, what is go? I'm blind. Yeah. Like you disappear. So <laughs> just to. Yeah. Like I questioned my reality. <laughs> But yeah, like, so I can imagine like doing that over and over and over again, but then like, like, okay, cut, you look away and then you come back and it's just like flashing in your eyes that like how erratic yeah. that could be. I would have, I wouldn't think about it until like, now that you tell me, I'm like, oh yeah, no, that would be, that would be very blinding, I think. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, but I wanted to talk a little bit more about Shino's character and yeah, like, please. just... I thought it was so interesting that there was no redemption art to her and the younger samurai's relationship. I feel like, you know, films nowadays or not even nowadays, like just for a long even time. just for, for a long time would have had that. And I kind of respected that 
they didn't force that. Um, but I was also shocked um, because, you know, you have this like, you know, this old idea of like, oh my gosh, she slept with someone. So now she's damaged goods. Like, you know, I was rolling my eyes at that, but obviously, you know, history is what it is, I guess. Um, but- I felt like also if, if I was the dad, I'd be like, all right, marry that samurai. Cause yeah, like, like, I was then, like then you'll, you'll, you won't be a farmer anymore. You'll get taken care of. And like, clearly he was naive enough that he would have gone for it. Like he would have, right. you know, like he didn't seem to care. I say he's naive, but like, end, just like, he was so sort of optimistic about everything that like, he would have been happy to like, hold on to her. Yeah. And at the end it was her who wasn't interested in him. Like he was like, she walks away confused, from like, the thing, yeah, and it, it it goes back to that idea of like they're like, oh yeah, this always happens like the day before the heated battle, you know, you never know. And so part of me was like, was she just interested in him because of like all of the hype of like getting her hair cut off because something might happen? But then there's this like kind of cute. I don't think she didn't care though. I think it's sort of the tragedy of being trapped in a class, like because the last shot we get of her really got to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think mm-hmm. uh, on a similar note to Jose, how like like you were affected by the final shot. Jose was more affected by um, kind of the moment before. I was really affected by the last shot we get of Shino because she starts singing, but she's crying while she yeah. sings and is planting. Oh, like she she's like it's an anguished shot, and she's clearly crying and attempting to sing at the same time. But so it's. I'm- you know, I it's like that. she's made this choice to 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 be loyal to her father, but like on another level, what choice does she have? Like that is their culture, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and culture is a very powerful thing. Like you, you, know, you should never underestimate it. Like it is, it is yeah. intense. You know, it's. But this is the point. I, I feel. I feel that this is this is the thing that sometimes we overlook because um, I have a similar perception than Danielle had you know like I was expecting this love story to be concluded or to even become a love story right like yeah. it, I was I was I was very curious genuine. because right right and then and then but then when but she gets so happened, publicly shamed by her father mm. right it was so who, who's such an asshole oh yeah and he lives but this is the <laughs> yes <laughs> he lives he yeah. lives yeah. Uh, but, oh, anyway, sorry, sorry hear me out. Like, like, no, no, no worries. Like, um, like this is the way that I see the arc of what happened, right? Like, they become interested in each other, and then they have that scene where he's like in a bed of flowers, which I didn't know was possible, but apparently it comes from a reality. He, this guy was just sleeping in a bed of flowers, and then she comes <laughs> in. They flirt for a moment, and then she tells him, "Why don't you? Why don't you act?" She says, um why don't you do the things that samurai do like she mm. goes on the she rolls on the on the ground and she's expecting him to have sex with her and then mm. she phrases it that way she says you should do what samurais do um and then and then that's the end of it he doesn't do it then she's then she goes to him again and then he's in the barn and then that's when it happens and the father sees it and it's a completely different it's a completely different thing so now you see the shaming of her 
You mm -hmm. see that the love story doesn't end where it needs to be, but you also see several shots of everybody involved not being happy with this situation. So right. to me, the value of this film is not to say this culture or this aspect of the culture is shameful and bad. It's mm -hmm. just showing it and saying these people have no choice, but right. they also do not is. like the fact that they don't have a choice. So as an audience, I'm looking at this like if like, like the way in which I see it is that you change a mentality by showing how unfair something is and not resolving it, but letting people right. know you're not the only one who feels that this shouldn't be the way. And I feel that right. that's what Kurosawa does when you see her crying, when you see the samurai. A happy ending to the love story would have been false. You know, I yeah, feel like it's it an would American have been, thing. Yeah, it would have been disingenuous to what they're trying to say, which is that this is a tragic scenario. You know, like yeah. it's it's but it's it's an American thing. It's American narrative. This this the this happy, happy ending. ending the yeah. happy ending is a, is a Hollywood. It's a Hollywood ending. It's well, like it's, I it's would say more than it's ending. an it's American thing. It's a capitalist thing to do. It's a right? commercial, because, yeah. but the, but because a happy directly ending with leaves the an audience happy, make more money it, it makes them more likely to recommend the film. Like, art right. that mm -hmm. challenges you is not capitalist in nature, right? Whereas, like, the happy ending mm -hmm. is... I mean, and America is hyper-capitalist, so I, I, I understand that, but I think it yeah. goes beyond being American, that it is a, a function of capitalism or a, a byproduct. But to be right? honest, like, I feel like that like having this unsatisfying ending made me more intrigued into it because it I was like, more I mean, art. I, yeah, like I kind of missed, well, now that I think of it, I do remember that she was crying, but like, just like the thing that stuck with me was like how she just completely ignores him as she walks by. I was like, Oh my God, no. Like I was like, what is this for? No girl. What, why are you doing that? And then like, you realize like the pride that they have in being farmers and not wanting to break that um especially as they were singing and dancing it's yeah like, when, when her father but, finds like, her it's like reality sets in for her you know she can yeah, no longer yeah. go along with the fantasy that the young samurai can because he's got this privilege that she doesn't have right and he even That's he even addresses so the privilege oh my god right he yeah. even addresses it he's Sorry. like i would i could never do what you do you know like i don't know how you guys do it like he really yeah. does live, live this easy go lucky life despite the fact that he's like throwing his life on the line at this you know for battle you know there is that sense that like she is the more responsible person who's facing reality as it is like she she's... gets so much more of right. the the shame like even with <clears throat> when everybody walks away and they're just standing in the rain she's literally face down in the mud and he's just like standing ashamed of himself but like, he doesn't do anything he doesn't try to you know protect her because he just doesn't know what to do with that even though he's not getting the brunt of it um so yeah no he's that's too totally... young to know so to like be that. able to stand up for it right he's too right, inexperienced right. in life but she is and she has to be so yeah no i'm glad that you pointed that out yeah it's a really it's a really rough bit of the movie right just yeah. to kind of see like kind of just what an asshole the father is and he's like so afraid of her sleeping with somebody like that's his big fear yeah. in life is that the samurai he, to the point her. where he when he chops to, off to her hair at he, the like, beginning right yeah like against her will and, and yeah and, she's horrified like, she's like not my hair 
Right. <laughs> See, like, but but I, even I, like good. I I I have I have a completely different view of, of really. Things. I felt like, like we were on like, the same page. No, 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 no. Like, like I mean, it's not, not on, not on the, not on the interpretation of it. I mean, but, but I mean, actually, the thing that struck me the most was when, when it was brought. There was a, a, at least a twenty-minute sequence in which, in which the concern of the town is like, what, what are we gonna do with the women? Like, it's actually genuine concern, I... and it's not because of the bandits. It's because they're bringing samurai in. Right. So they go like, what are we going to do with them? And they, well, it's a genuine concern. I think to, this is a good to... segue to talk about the scene where um, Mifune confronts the samurai, right? When they find the armor. Because I, to me, this is this is the heart I felt... of the film is this scene, yes. right? Because we learn, you know, that like Mifune is in this weird space in the middle, right? Where like mm. he doesn't he's sort of free to define himself and he wants to be a samurai because they have all the power and all the freedom. And he's angry at the farmers for their powerlessness. But at the same time, you know, he's like, why do you think they act the way they do? It's because mm -hmm. of you guys. It's because of what you mentioned that Shino says that like, you don't act like a samurai, right? He's like, you guys come, you take all our stuff, you rape mm -hmm. our people you eat all our shit and you know, you don't let us defend ourselves. And when we do, you act like we're the dishonorable ones, you know, like he really like shoves in their face. And I, I couldn't help, but like really like feel his, his rage. I feel like it's such a moment of like, anytime you've been frustrated in life because of just the injustice of it, of just like things should be better. Why aren't they like, all of that is just what's coming out of him. And I think it really mm -hmm. hits the heart of this film in that, like, it is an injustice on all fronts, right? The farmers do shit that's fucked up and they do shit that's fucked up to each other, but like mm -hmm. they are a product of their society, okay. you know, of what right. the samurai have wrought on them. Uh, and I think that that really yeah. kind of hits to what you're, you're talking about there, Jose, is just like that idea that it's, you know, it's uh, it's a symbiosis and it's it's an mm -hmm. ugly one at that. I I definitely did get um, the intention of wanting to protect his daughter when he was trying to cut her hair. I, yeah. just, I think I was also just it was not culture shock, but like I just wasn't expecting it also. But because because I, I mean, we also know I don't know if we knew them at the at that point, um, we knew who the samurai were. And I, the only one that I was like worried about was the, the more manic one. Uh, I can't remember his yeah, name. Um, because yeah, Kyuchi. Yeah, Toshiro character, right? Yeah, because, but like, I felt like the, the I mean, he, he is a little, very, he like, kind of creeper. He was like, oh, I need to, oh my God. He was so creepy the entire time. And, but then yeah, like, he's, he's the like, oh, like, I'll cut three sister? times your- You have a sister? Yeah, I was like, dude, just someone like, and he's and that's him, right after chill. he accused the samurai of like coming and raping all the women, right? Yeah. He like throws that out there, and then he himself like immediately turns around and has like rapey vibes. Yeah, so there's definitely there was a lot of truth behind like him trying to uh save his daughter, but then I, I think because of that, I was like shocked that 
he was as angry as he was at her, like calling her a slut and like, just like, he just went to town. Yeah, it's brutal. But, but it seemed very consensual at least because it seemed like they, like as they came out of the, the hut, they just seemed like there were two people in love. But at the same time, I mean, I guess he just saw red and was like, no, like. Yeah. Well, and it's also sort of that, uh, I think it's also part of the, the patriarchal nature, right? Mm -hmm. That like he didn't like the father didn't consent to the relationship. So for him, it's wrong because like he didn't give his consent. Right. right. In fact, That's he was true. adamantly against her sleeping with a samurai. Right. He right. wants to ha he wants to be able to like have her marry her off to someone that he approves of. Right. And have like a legitimate family with children and more farmers. Uh, mm -hmm. Whereas this is just like like. For him, it's all the wrong things, but it's, it is that sense of ownership that he has over her. Like in one sense, mm -hmm. like with the hair, he's trying to be protective and it's before we know the samurai. But when we get to know them, they all seem not that bad. And like a lot of the samurai even yeah. know that he's hiding his daughter and they don't really... Yeah, I thought it was very... They like, just kind of jive him for it a little bit, but then he still flips out. And I think that that scene to me is like where i really kind of hated him because it's like it's not about Especially, protecting her it's not about her yeah. consent it's about his consent especially like when he's trying to say goodbye to her because he could you know die the next day like having that gravity and oh, yeah when he, he thinks he gets shot the... right and he just he's like yeah and he's like get my daughter Right. Yeah. He, he could, he totally could die, but then he's like very comfortable with the last thing he says to her, like him shaming her, but I don't know. It, it's, I, but I appreciate the complexities of these characters because it's very real. It's very, um, it just, it's very real. Um, so I'm glad we talked about that. I, I'm, I, I mean, I have to be the devil's advocate here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's every, things. that's every woman's favorite phrase. Jose, I hope you <laughs> yes, know. I have, I have to be the devil's advocate here. Yeah. No, um, I mean, what the, the place that I'm coming from, the place that I'm coming from is, it's, it's, and I, and I'm, and I swear to God, I'm trying to make this as concise as possible, and then go. To yeah, because we do, we do need to wrap it up. No, I, I, yeah, I understand. Um, we are judging these characters based on on an exposition that we have of a moment of their life that has been presented for the 20 minutes each or something like that so and then we'll jump into conclusions like i i don't agree that the father is an asshole because that's the scene that we got to see him doing with his daughter you know like and also mm. because we're measuring we're measuring a man in a culture that is foreign to us portraying a man of in, on 1587 uh, about something that is as relevant to him as the internet is to us. So then right. we're jumping to conclusions about this man and we're assigning, we're assigning specific marks and specific re remarks towards him based on the moral standards that we have in a first world country where mm -hmm. social awareness is becoming a thing, uh, a, a, a big part of our, of our lives. So I feel that it's, I feel that some of these things sometimes I take out of proportion. It's like, it's like if I, if I make them, if I, if somebody from like, I don't know, 300 years from now comes from the past, from sort of the future here and sees me eating a chicken sandwich and goes like, you are an asshole. How could mm. you eat a living thing? You know, like we're measuring these men and this culture by standards that they should not be measured. And then also we're exposed to I would counter. aspect of one uh, thing. I have, a, I have a, a logical counter to you. Mm -hmm. And it is that we are not watching 
a documentary. It is that we are watching something that was written by a director in the 50s of an event that takes place 300 years before. It is in itself commentary, and the scenes that we are watching are the context that the director wants to provide us with. So if I'm judging this character based on a few scenes of their life, it's because those are the scenes of that character's life that Akira Kurosawa wanted me to see and therefore judge him by, right? This is commentary, not reality. And so I think it is fair for us to judge it uh, as commentary. And I always try to kind of keep in perspective, like what is the director trying to say? Is this condemning or is this approving? And you know, in a documentary or in just footage of actual people or a biography, these arguments that you're that you're giving, I think, hold more, hold more weight. But in a work of fiction written by someone from a more contemporary stance, looking back, it is a judgment of culture and it is a judgment of that. And it's it's painting a picture for us to judge. Right. That mm-hmm. that is the, the point of it is for us to kind of draw conclusions based on what we are given, these snapshots. Uh, Yeah, Daniel? I also also think um, what kind of supports both sides of this is that everyone, how a lot of like, when a director is trying to say something, if you, you can like have a character react a certain way, but the audience doesn't know how to feel about it. It's like all about how people react to that event. Some people are like, like, yeah, no, God, she's a slut. Like, I mean, they're not like calling her names, but they're like, yeah, no, I get why he's upset. And then other people are like, what's the big deal? Like, you know, so they're two people in love. So it's like, it's interesting because he does say this, he does present this um, uh, like situation for us to judge. And I, I do think that he is like making a commentary on that, but like he also gives room for us to kind of put it together on our own and like have a little bit of the truth of what it would have been, but like, how we've progressed and um, how we can see things now. So I do think that you make a really interesting point, Jose. And I do think that, um, you know, it's, we should, we definitely need to see, like, to understand, like, how the truth of, like, that time period. But I do agree that um, it is is such a commentary on what um, the situation is, especially since it like focuses so much on class and like your position in society. And it just, it just brings awareness to it, which I think is important. Yeah. And I think we can tell by the other characters reaction to the scenario, like they, like you can always kind of you, I feel like it's a directing tool to use reaction, character reaction to guide right. the audience. And yeah. the, the way that the, the samurai who are our anchors in this film react to the drama of the father and the daughter is like, whoa, he is freaking out and we mm. need to like calm the situation down. And they care about both subjects. Like they are right. being protective of the daughter, but they also are just trying to like calm down and ease the father's conscience. Right. right. They're like, dude, you know, it's, this shit happens. It's a battle. We're all like, they're trying to deescalate the situation. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I think that that's, sort of the director's way of telling us that the situation is a little too extreme. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's that. kind of how, I... that's kind of how I look at it is just like, um, like I, cause I appreciate your stance on like how we look at history and like judging people in a modern context is very kind of tricky territory, 
But when mm-hmm. looking at film, I always try to judge it from like the the standpoint of intention and what is what is the film and telling what, us? You know, how is the director was, was it written? directing us? Um, all right, I think that's you're, a, you're, and you, yeah. you're you're absolutely right about that. Like, I mean that I I like that I like that comment that that, that you did because it, it is a work of fiction and it is and it is there for a reason. And I think that what Daniel was saying it's it's true. Like he's he's showing you both perspective and he's not finalizing the issue. He's not he's not making a statement. This is good or this is bad. He's just showing you like look, it's both things. You make your own conclusions and show you like how people react. I do think he leans I... a little bit to one side, but he still like presents it. You so do that, what, which side yeah. do you think he leans more towards? The conservative or the more liberal side? I'm think... putting in terminology. So <laughs> I think slightly a little bit more liberal with like like de-escalating how intense they make him seem um, nice. in comparison yeah. to other people, but he still leaves room for the other side. Yeah, like, they don't make he doesn't, he doesn't like paint the father him. as super sympathetic though. So I, I think I no, agree. <laughs> no, right? it doesn't. Like he but, makes but him he doesn't completely demonize. Very... But that's also like who he was as a character. He was like, "Oh my god, I got grazed by a bullet. I'm dying." Yeah. So like, it's true. You know, we can you see, see those moments of him being dramatic. It's true. Yeah, he's not um, like a two tone character. Anyway, go ahead. I know. I know that we're about to to finish. I just. I just yes. I just have one thing that I feel that I need to say. I thought that that was such that, a nice final yeah. thought. But... <laughs> <laughs> right. No, um, who knows this? Game? Like, and this is this is trailing. This is trailing a little on what you were saying about calling to that scene where, to, where Toshiro Mifune says, "Like, what do you think they act this way?" Like before that moment, you see the you see the samurai who who is revealed to be like who's revealed to be like also coming from the same origins as the peasants and that's why that's why he behaves oh. differently uh, when he arrives that's to right. the village he is angry with the villagers he is judgmental towards the villagers he's angry villagers. at life like, man there there is there is but in a sense and 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 this is something this is something that I don't expect any of you to have picked up the same way that I picked up because it's it it resonated a lot with me being an immigrant from a place that I disliked um, when I came out. You know, like I, I I'm, I'm originally from Venezuela and I, I had to leave because of everything that is happening. And then and then that sensation that the feelings that you have to cope with that, as especially I mean, I, I never had an intention to to make a full life there, but I I also didn't have the intention to have to leave, as many of my countrymen say, like I would still be there if I could. Um, but it, you do develop a sense of anger before you start towards your countrymen, towards the people that are like you, towards the people that you say like, yeah. if if you keep if you keep pointing finger at America, you keep pointing finger at Russia, you keep pointing finger at, at capitalism, at socialism, at chauvinism, and all this stuff, instead of pointing a finger towards yourself and say like, this situation mm-hmm. comes from us lowering our guard and not doing this, and then that, that generates a resentment. I have met people before that have left their countries and they have resentment towards their countries, and I did not understood it until I had it. So I feel a little, a little like this character. Like I, if I go back... I feel that as a aspect of me, and it's to drain the judgmental aspect of my countrymen. And then there is another another aspect of me that, when push comes to shove, does point a finger to imperialist countries or 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 extreme extreme yeah. capitalist countries and said, "You do have like they are doing this thing because you also are part of, of this thing." But but he starts. He's a with very complex character, and I think that's what makes him so compelling. 
is just that like he is incredibly relatable and he is yeah. incredibly nuanced and like yeah he comes from the farmers and he hates their powerlessness but he also has become a thing that creates that powerlessness right he blames the samurai but he also emulates them and so he's right. just angry at himself he's angry at the farmers he's angry at the like you know and we get that moment where he's got the child and he goes this is me right it's an orphan mm -hmm. child orphaned oh, by God, war that was... right yeah that yeah that scene is another yeah. kind of really he, he really is like a mirror for this whole for like a like a not unbiased but like a even mirror like of everything that of every character of every um stance so that's really interesting yeah i think yeah that character alone we could go on for like an hour about uh yeah. but i think that that's a, a good place we covered a lot of stuff we didn't forget about technical elements this nice. time uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's a long it's three and a half hour movie so it's hard to have a short conversation about it when it's so yeah. layered uh i hope everybody uh watching who made it this far has enjoyed our conversation please like and good. subscribe depending on where you're watching and or listening um any comments thoughts about what you know if you've seen this film uh and have different thoughts about you know anything we talked about or about sort of the lens of society uh feel free to leave a comment um uh i have been your host john olson uh danielle gibson uh thank you for joining us yes thank you for having me i very much enjoyed this conversation i, I really appreciate what both of you guys had to say um if you want to find me i'm at danielle stories on instagram and jose as always my... Thank you for having me. This is this is again. This is it's just great to watch this film finally and have been able to talk to, and being able to talk to you too about it and hear our, our our similar and different opinions. And I just want to tell everybody that if they want to watch a lighter version of this film, Three Amigos is probably the way to go. Okay, yeah, it's based on this film. Yeah, we didn't really get to all of the references, but so many films either are directly based or predominantly based on this film or borrow from its structure mm. and or tropes that it created <laughs> but yeah three amigos that's a fun one uh don't watch the most recent uh, magnificent seven if in my opinion no it's not very good do not watch it <laughs> you don't it, uh, magnificent. it tries and it uh does not try hard enough falls flat yeah falls flat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, a lot of good actors really terrible script um but anyway, uh, movies are better shared. Watch movies, discuss them, think about them. They can enhance your life uh, if you if you look at them in the right way. Until next time, uh, you can find me at John and Paradox. Follow the show at Views in Paradox, and watch more movies. <laughs>